Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I've been debating all week about where I was going to stop with that passage. And then, sorry, Courtney. And then I felt inspired to go in a direction I had not predicted. which happens sometimes, I'd like to meditate for a minute on our opening hymn. So if you want to go back to that opening hymn uh, all, uh, for all the saints, I'm going to meditate on those verses a little bit with you and, and discuss them. And uh, what was the number on that? 731? 711. Well, you're only off by 20. It's all right. We remembered your loved ones, too. And so we're going to look at 711 for all the saints. The first verse says, for all the saints who from their labors rest, who thee by faith before the world confessed thy name, O Jesus, be forever blessed. See, All Saints Day is a celebration of those who have entered into Christ's glory after being saved by his grace and living a new life in the spirit. It is a particularly pertinent thing to do, as I tell, told you earlier, to recognize those who have uh, given an exemplary witness. I mean, that's really what the, the writer of Hebrews is trying to tell us is that we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses and, and the witnesses that he's referring to are the ones who really gave it all they had for the sake of the gospel, for the purpose of perpetuating discipleship and the good news of Jesus Christ. See, it isn't that uh, all who die in Christ are not saints, but there are some who simply gave a far more extraordinary example than others. And we need to acknowledge that. Most of us don't ever feel compelled or called to give an extraordinary witness. Why should we? It costs a lot. <laughs> it costs a lot to bear an extraordinary witness for Christ. It means going against the status quo. It means going against comfort. It means telling people who, for the most part, are confident that they have purchased some sort of insurance policy to get them into heaven and saying to them, you know, if you put more into it, it will cost you more, but it will bring such great glory to your Lord and Savior. And these are the ones who rest from the labors that were all about confessing their faith in Jesus Christ. 
they embraced the Lord's discipline. They sought oneness with Christ above every other priority in their lives. They, they were people who courageously resisted the overt influence of the world in their lives. They resisted the urge to keep up with the neighbors and the accumulation of things. They, they resisted the urge to, to uh, avoid confrontation. They, they resisted the urge to water down the gospel or water down the nature of God by saying, oh, but if God were here now, if Jesus walked the earth today, he would have said something different. They are people who understood that when they were saved by God's grace, when they were born again, they entered into the eternal timeline, which ironically doesn't exist. Because God exists outside of everything God created. God does not exist within our time. And therefore, whatever God said a thousand years ago, he's saying today, as surely as he's saying it a thousand years from now. And so these saints recognized that they had taken a leap from human time and history into eternal timelessness. And that the only thing that separated them from that presence of God that is outside of space and time was their flesh. And so they tended to disregard their flesh and to not be so concerned about whether their flesh was satisfied or comfortable or impressive to look at. Thou wast their rock, their fortress, and their might. Thou, Lord, their captain in the well-fought fight. Thou, in the darkness drear, their one true light. Wow. Is there anything more I can say than that? And many times have I told you that you can read these hymns and get in them, in a few verses, the best hour-long sermon you'll ever hear. The poets have a way of using the art of creative writing to succinctly communicate complex ideas. When Joshua met the captain of the Lord's host as he was uh, walking the trail by night and his, on his way to battle, he was told, you worship at my feet. Something that no angel would ever say. And so we understand that the captain of the Lord's host was in fact Jesus. Christ, the Son of God, and so these who follow their captain into battle follow on a battlefront that is supernatural. They understand, once again, that they're not dealing with powers of flesh and blood, but with eternal beings whose chosen nature has departed from alignment with God the Father. They understand that hell is real, that the enemy is real. And they understand that the enemy is most effective among those who claim Christ but apathetically sit idly by thinking that someone else is doing the hard work. The enemy is comfortable when we're comfortable. The enemy is ready to make change when we start getting ready to make change. 
and understand that the enemy's tactics become more brutal and cruel when you join the captain of the Lord's hosts in the gospel fight. The fight for souls. The fight to save your own soul and those of the people around you. Understanding that one day every soul that has not been redeemed by Christ will cease to exist. While all the rest claimed by Christ will live eternally and eventually in a future that will be entirely blessed and nothing like what we see. Scripture informs us, and our hymn tells us, it's a blessed communion, a fellowship divine. While we struggle feebly here on earth in the flesh, they shine in God's glory. And yet we are all together in this blessed communion. We're not separated from them by anything other than the veil between heaven and earth. And scripture informs us in the Old Testament, for example, that if God were to take away the veil for just a second, we would see the divine world and the divine heavenly realm is right here all the time. We just can't see it. And if you are a sci-fi nut or if you like to watch documentaries like I do, there's plenty of science that will support this understanding that by biblical terms, we're not that different from people living in the matrix. Remember those movies? And when the strife is fierce, the warfare long, steals on the ear the distant triumph song, and hearts are brave again and arms are strong. See, right outside our comprehension, there is an audience. We're like, we're like combatants in the arena and the heavenly throng who bore witness when it was their time to do so, now sit and watch as we bear witness, and they cheer us on. And if we're really quiet, remember, for example, like Ezekiel, no, I'm sorry, Elijah, that God wasn't heard in the cacophony of natural sounds and created noise, but heard in the still, small voice. And so it is that we are listening to the noise of the world and we're missing the sound of the heavenly realm cheering us on as we bear witness for Christ. From earth's wide bounds, from ocean's farthest coast, through gates of pearl streams in the countless hosts singing to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. See, they're all over the place. All of those saints left the flesh behind and became invisible and eternal for a time. But they're right here. We just can't see them. It's difficult to imagine, but imagine that we are in the fields of Bethlehem. We'll talk about that sooner than any of us is ready to acknowledge. We'll talk about the fields of Bethlehem and we'll realize that for a moment, the shepherds stood in fields that looked just like the fields around here, just like this space we're in right now. And somehow the veil dropped for a moment and right in front of them 
was all the divine realm filled with heavenly host. No wonder they were overwhelmed and no wonder these simple people were so courageous in bearing witness. They'd just seen heaven and they saw it before them in a way that we can only reproduce on earth with special effects. But for them, it was a real tearing away of this temporary construct of atoms. And they saw that crowd that's cheering us on. So imagine on that great day of the Lord when they all come behind Christ and we are swept up faster than anyone can comprehend to meet them in the sky and suddenly there is no separation anymore. The enemy will turn tail and run at that moment, but to no avail. Scripture informs us that it's all over for the enemy then, and sadly it's all over for those who have not encountered the true Christ and accepted his redemption. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for the sacrifices made by those who have gone before us. May we walk wisely in their examples of faith, dedication, worship, and love. We commit to continue their legacy of walking in the way of our Master, our Lord Jesus Christ. May new generations find us worthy to be called saints in your kingdom. In the name of the Creator, the Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen.